We get to give back. Giving is a way to give back to God. Um, we are celebrating um, a really cool holiday this week. Uh, some of us will see family. Some of us will be with friends. Um, some of us will um, cater meals done. Some of us will spend many, many hours. I remember going over to my grandma's house, and you know, we obviously we get there about 11 for the noon meal, and I would say, Grandma, what time did you start cooking this morning? And she said, about 5 o'clock last night. <laughs> Maybe one of the only times of the year that my grandma got up before I would get up to go deer hunting for, for Thanksgiving. But if you have your worship handout, I want, I want to show your attention to something. Um, and uh, I want to I say some, a couple things before we get started. But if you open this all the way up, there's a picture of a turkey. I didn't draw it. I got it off the computer. Okay, um, above that is 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 something for you to read later. That's that's from me uh, and my family. And I just want to tell you thank you. Um, Connection is very very kind. Uh, last week, um, from me and Colton and Jack, I really want to say thank you for any type of gifts or gift cards or 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 money that you guys gave us for Pastor Appreciation Month. We really 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 appreciate it. You. Uh, Sometimes you don't understand uh, quite uh... anyway, you guys are encouragement um, the, about the middle of that paragraph uh, it says it's a, it's a it's truly a blessing to serve at connection. I'm thankful that God has placed my family and I here this week we get to concentrate on thankful on thankfulness and um, unfortunately it's one of the only times that we really truly hone in on that isn't it and we, we, maybe, maybe we really stepped out of the box a couple of years ago on social media when they said, you know, we're going to give thanks all November. Uh, I, have a, I have a friend of mine. She used to live around here. She, they moved away for her husband's job. But she has a, a Facebook account. And she started at the beginning of a year. And so she put day one. And on Facebook, she wrote something that she was thankful for. And on day two, she kept going, January 2nd. And she kept going throughout the whole year. Um, She's getting ready to start year three, day one. Every day for three years, this lady has really been an inspiration. Because I, I, if you're on Facebook, you check it and you see her every day. Uh, she's remained faithful to, to sharing what God is doing in her life and why she's thankful. And sometimes I think that we miss out on this a little bit. Because, yes, Thanksgiving is important. Yes, Thanksgiving is a time to give thanks. But, man... Listen, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus or you've experienced Jesus' love, that should hit you right in the face every time you wake up in the morning. And I can't wait to get up. can't wait to do what we get to do. And for some of you that don't like cold weather, you really don't like me during this time of year. But it was really nice this morning. The sunrise was beautiful. And some of you don't even know that actually the sun actually comes up. You just think whenever you get up at 8, it's already just poof. But actually it comes, it goes, you know, all the way around. So actually we spin. But anyway. I want you to make sure that you get that. There's not, there are not, there are not any connect groups this week. Okay, so we'll resume those in December. So no connect groups this week. Um, on the right side of this page, there's a first step. Okay, first step is what connection calls a way to join our church, to become a part of the membership. If you're interested in attending this meeting, it is a no, there's no pressure at all. We have people that have been to this meeting. They just want to find out more about connection, so they come. Um, 
and that is a way that we can get to know you better. You can find out about Connection more, and if you would like to, to attend that class to join our church, there it is. If you cannot make this meeting, please, 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 either way, you can or can't or you want to, come and talk to me. Okay, I can, I've set up meetings. I can go over this material sometime other than this. Maybe this day doesn't work for you. Uh, we, try to, we try to be as flexible as we can, so I mean, that, but that will be... From 1 to 3.30 at the house of Jeff and Debbie Staley, there's their address. It's not for teeping purposes, it's just the 10 first step, okay? Yeah. Uh, and, on, and below that, Community 11. We are going to have a Community 11 for our December Christmas giveaway. We are going to have um, a guy in a you know, red suit that lives north of here. He's going to be there. Um, but we're going to meet at the Primary Center at 10 a.m. It's not on here. Okay, Primary Center, 10 a.m., okay? And then you'll receive some instructions and where we go and what we do. How many, uh, just by a show of hands, this is going to be a little bit of interactive sermon today. How many people walked in the door this morning and you made contact, handshake, high five, air knuckles, air five. Remember, it is the season of sickness. Air fives are germ free. Okay. Air fives are germ-free. No, no touching involved. It's kind of like a, hmm, okay? Or you did knuckles or, or whatever. How many people in here, real, just a real quick show of hands like this, okay? How many people in here connected, talked to, hand shook, air five, knuckled somebody, one, at least one person when you came into church this morning? Go ahead. Go. Poof. Okay, put it down. Okay. Okay. We're going to do that really quick. If you just raise your hand, I'm going to have you do it again. We're going to work on our quickness. Okay? It's like, okay? All right. Uh, one, two, three, go. Okay, Good. Based on my analysis of watching a whole bunch of hands do this, and I really wasn't paying that close of attention, most people did, right? And some of you would say, well, it's hard not to. People from Connection are weird. They just attack me at the door. Hi, how you doing? Do you know why they do that? This is really, really cool. Do you know why they do that? What's the difference between somebody that meets you at the door at Connection and somebody that meets you at the door of a department store this time of year. <laughs> you think that people at those places really... No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. They may, and they may have great customer service. But whenever you come into connection and someone talks to you, believe it or not, this is going to shock you to death. You ready? They actually want to talk to you. I know some of you at your workplace went, man, <laughs> I think if I talk to this person or this person talk to me, I think we would both pass out. We don't, we don't do this really good outside of here, do we? And some, maybe in our families. See, when you connect, this is your chance during the week. This is how thankful I am for this, for this day and for connect groups on Wednesday. I tell you what, if you want to start a New Year's resolution and get an idea early, here you go. If you have not been plugging into a connect group, will you just take that into your head and say, Hey, I'm gonna, we're going to attempt as a family. Listen, we have some groups that are on Sunday afternoon, and uh, we moved around for practices and different things like that. Uh, but this past this past week, and the people, some of the people that were at this at this meeting at our connect group are in this room right now. And I, I sit down here and I teach, and they sit kind of like right here, and it's just it's fun. Now I want to tell you something: we didn't have fifty at connect group. Guess how much that mattered? This much. 
There was an intimate group of people. Now watch what happens. There was an intimate group of people that were purposely. And by the way, we're still we're in the Old Testament. So literally, we're 2017. We were purposely looking into God's word about what we can learn from the people in the Old Testament. We're so many years removed, it's not funny. Yet, there's a group of people that said, I want to get together with these other groups of people when they can make it. And I want to, I want to dive into God's word and I want to see what he has for me in there. See, this is, see, this is not a dead book. It's a living book. The, the, the truth is alive. Um, anybody that w- would, be, would be serious and come to me and say, you know, Matt, I just don't think that the Bible is interesting. I don't think that they've read it. There's action, adventure. Listen, there, there's some cool stuff in here. And, and listen, for you, Roman, there's love. Oh, right? The greatest love which was displayed in John chapter 3 when God sent Jesus. When is the last time? When is the last time? That you were really honest with God. And you began to just mention things you were thankful for. Some of you know, most of you know, that this is, this is a huge holiday weekend in our state. Okay? If you haven't seen anybody in a truck with a four-wheeler or wearing orange, I don't know that you've been outside. So, it's, it's shotgun deer season. It's the first one. But when you get, if you've never been there... If you get alone or you like to go for walks or whatever you like to do and you get alone and you have a conversation with God. I begin. This is this is great. Some I had one of the best hunts I've ever had in my life on Friday morning. Yeah, me and him hunt. Okay, watch. Guess how many deer I saw. Zero. And some of you are going, all right. No, no. <laughs> Listen, we eat it. Okay, it's a sustenance that goes into our freezer that feeds, that helps feed our family. Okay, uh, but, but I, I saw absolutely zero. Okay, there should have been deer swinging from trapezes out of the trees where I am. They would be really hard to hit if they actually did that. And I think deer are that smart, so let's not give them any ideas. But I saw zero, none, didn't see a deer. I saw a bird. And if you deer hunt, I saw our enemy, the squirrels, a.k.a. tree rats, okay? Little vicious things, okay? Sometimes they come really close to investigate you, and I was thankful that one didn't jump on me, okay? But listen, I got alone with God, and I just began to pour out my heart to him. I said, God, I'm so thankful that I could literally... Listen how simple I God, I'm thankful that I can get out of my truck and I can walk to the tree where I have my tree stand and I can climb and I can have my safety harness on and you can help me keep safe. And I'm thankful that I can breathe this air and I'm just thankful that I can be in your creation. When, whenever you understand the blessings that God can give you, there's a lot of things that are around you that you never knew were around you. Like the way that every single leaf that was fluttering in the breeze, God was playing games, I think. Because they all look like deer. Okay? <laughs> I'm like, oh, how's it? nope, that's a leaf. 
And, and, I, and I, just, I, I just got real with God. God, thank you for my family. And I'm, I'm not making a, a huge issue about this, but it is a huge issue to me. And I, I thank God, maybe not by name, but I thank God for every single one of you. Because we're part of something that's bigger than us. And we get to do life together. God saw fit. Listen how wild this is. God saw fit that we were all born within the same time period that we could all gather together for the same mission at one church together. I talked to a guy from Carrollton, Georgia. I know some of you get getting these weird random phone calls from the scammer things on, on, on your phone. And I don't ever answer them. And something really just, I'm like, man, I don't know anybody from Carrollton, Georgia. I don't. But I answered it. Because if it was a telemarketer, I just wanted to have a conversation. No, <laughs> and I answered it. And he told me his name. And I said, man, I just, I got in contact with you. I'm thankful that you called me back. I'm glad that I answered the phone. I just want to tell you, thank you for what you did. And he goes, well, I'm not a big construction guy. I said, well, thank you for what you did. I said, what did you do? He goes, I'm an electrician. And he helped run the wiring in the building that you're sitting in. And I got, I got in touch with him because his name is right here on the stage, about right here, underneath the carpet. The whole, but if you didn't know this, we did. Re, some of you have no idea this is going to shock you. Okay? We, we re, this is not the same carpet that we've always had in here. Okay? We, we changed it. When we took it up, the Carpenters for Christ have a big logo right here. And I have pictures of the signatures. But there's signatures all over this stage from the people that helped build the church. And, I, and, I, and this was pre-social media Facebook. It's real fast to look up people now, okay? You can't hide, okay? So I'm like, <laughs> and I send the messages and it, with my phone number. Say, hey, I want to give you an update about the church. This guy about came through the phone. He goes, I'm so thankful that God is doing that. He goes, tomorrow when you preach, will you just tell them that every single nail that we drove in and every single wire that we ran and every single anything that we did at that church, will you just simply tell them that we did it so that they can continue to glorify God's kingdom. That's from Carrollton, Georgia. And then the guy goes, hey, what, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm at deer camp right now. And he said, well, what are you doing next summer? I said, you know, that's a little ways away. I know a couple things, but I know. He goes, well, are you a carpenter? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. He goes, well, do you know electrical? <laughs> no. I know that you don't blow dry your hair in the shower. <laughs> Period. Okay. I can flip breakers like this. Okay. I can. Okay. Very minimal. Very. I can plug things in. That's good. That's handy. And he said, well, he said, can you carry stuff? I said, well, I could. He said, I'm going to email you some dates. Maybe you can join us for a couple days. I mean, I'd love to entertain that offer. That'd be really fun. And then he said something that I'm telling you right now that God, God told him to say that. He said, you know, it doesn't matter about the guys that make the headers or the flooring or the joists or the roof or whatever. He said, because there's probably been somebody that brought him a glass of water that they can continue to work. He said, what you have to understand is there's, no, there's nothing that's too small that can affect 
that, that God can't use. We see some of the greatest offerings and the greatest miracles with the smallest gifts. Jesus feeds 5,000 people with fish and bread. He takes, he, last week we looked at the widow's two mites, and he said they, she has given more than these people that candy corned it in, right? And I appreciate your, uh, your, your putting up with me last week as I, as I gave a tithe of candy corn. And um, you know what? I, I did two services, so I did that. But I did have somebody come up to me and ask me for some candy corn later. And I said, well, I've touched this. And he goes, well, I don't care. And he, <laughs> I licked my hands really good last Sunday, so they were clean. Listen, we're going to be in the last, the last book of the Old Testament. We're going to be in Malachi chapter 3 today. And some of you are familiar with this verse. Some of you are familiar with this story. Um, but if you don't know where Malachi is, simply go to the table of contents in the beginning of your Bible. Look up the word Malachi. It'll be the last one in the Old Testament. It'll tell you the page number. And flip there. We're going to be in the third chapter. We're going to be in Malachi 3. So I was reminded this week from, from the gentleman I talked to from Georgia about how significant the insignificant can be made. Now, let me tell you that again. I was reminded of how the insignificant is not insignificant. It's not. Because we, we think, oh, that's not much. There's two words that I like to use when, 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 when things happen. And we don't, you know, it's, it's one of those things where God just takes a little bit and he just does a God thing. I like to use these two words. I said, you know, what I gave wasn't very, wasn't very big. And then I use these two words, but God. So you, you can't do this on your own. You do not have anything or possess anything that's not out of the good humor and blessing of God, period. You don't have your truck. Well, I worked overtime for that truck. Yeah. Okay, you also have the health that God gave you to work the job, to make the overtime. See, it all goes back. We're continuing the cheerful giver study. And this morning we look at the question, if you have your worship handout, you know, what can I give? I've been, I've been a part of some churches before and somebody said, what can I give? I don't know, hundreds. <laughs> Just kidding, okay? You know, whatever you want, okay? But what can I, what can I give? See... Oftentimes, even, even people that have been financially blessed in this world can literally look at their offering and say, it's not very much. See, we, we, we are, uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if God has not blessed you that greatly in financial status, or you, you, you're just a, a, listen, God made them all. We don't all give the same, we all sacrifice the same. So, God is looking at the heart, as he was looking at the widow last week, and he said, look at her. Jesus said, look at, her, look at her heart. But people ask, we're going to look at this question, what can I give? For some people, it is literally this easy. Literally. They can seriously give financially in great amounts. They just can. Those people exist, okay? There's also people that say this. And in my, in my circum, in, in my, just in my life, this next offering and what you can give is sometimes much, much harder for me to give than my tithe. Now watch this. There are some people that say, well, my financial status is, is not a whole lot, but I'll give you, I'll give the church, I'll give to God's ministry what God is asking me to do. 
But then they say this that can be that can be so much more valuable than money. Listen to what they say. I can give my time. Do you know how valuable time is? Your job pays you per hour ish. If your salary, you can just divide it on how many hours. But you they literally pay you per hour for your time and your work. And God is saying, listen, what can you give? Sometimes we think our gifts, they're too small. So I just won't give it. Listen, can I just ask you to never make that mistake? Because you have left off the two words, but God. You've left it out. We're going to talk about some some sharp things here in, in just a second. Let's look at it right now. Look at the first blank in your worship handout. Look at this. So the, the title of the sermon is, What Can I Give? And the first worship handout blank says, Why does God need what I give? Okay. I'm your friend. If you're a follower of Christ, I'm your brother, and you have to put up with me for eternity. So I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. He doesn't need anything you give him. But, but, but I give. Let me tell you something. If my God can speak into existence the planet in which we live, we cannot possibly give him anything that is drastic to his further existence. You can't, if the creator creates creation, he's all powerful, total in control, everything. Now, so we say, so well... Matt, awesome service at Connection. Why does God need what I... He doesn't need it. Sweet, I don't have to. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Why does God need what I give? He doesn't. Did you know that when you get up to go to work, and I'm guilty, have been guilty, in the future will be guilty. I know some of you aren't like this, but some of you literally tomorrow morning, if you go to work on start on Monday, and that alarm goes off, you go, oh, oh. It's really bad. It'll be really bad next Monday after the Thanksgiving holiday. And you'll say this, I have to go to work. And work becomes this like, this almost like this satanic word. Like work. You don't have to. Don't go. You won't have a job. You get to. But I don't. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. See, see, they don't treat me fair. Newsflash. I'm only 37. Life isn't really fair, is it? God gives you opportunities and he's given you blessings. How are you being thankful for your job? Man. I'm thankful for the people that I get to meet with during the week. I'm thankful for the people that I get to talk with. I'm thankful for the phone calls. I'm thankful if I can... You know what I really started really, really, really trying to do? God, even if I did not have what I would consider a fantastic, phenomenal day, I am thankful that you let me live because you probably taught me something today through something that bad happened, but you taught me something that I can use later in life. When's the last time that you took something bad and said, you know what, God, I probably learned a lesson from that. So we don't because this is what we do. Something bad happens and we slam doors. Anybody a door slam? Don't raise your hand. 
You know someone, don't you? <laughs> okay? Door slammer, or you yell, or, you, man, your anger, sometimes it just quick fuse, right? Why does God need what I give? Matt, you know what? I tell you what, Matt, some of you are going, I tell you what, you can have this. There's not much in it. Listen, this is, these are not my rules. <laughs> these are not my commands. These are not what I said. This is what God's word says. So why does God need what I give? In the correct context, he doesn't. But he does command us. He does ask us to give. Jesus was confronted with this in the New Testament. And then, listen, I'm telling you, you, you don't ever. <laughs> some, I'll just tell you this way. One of the most unbelievable arguments I've ever seen among two church members is we were talking about politics. And I wasn't a part of it. I left. Do you know that this is not a new argument? Jesus himself was encountered by a guy who goes, hey, these taxes are stupid. <laughs> Most things haven't changed, right? Like, I don't know why, but, you know, we have, to, have an infrastructure of a government. Okay, fine. And Jesus looks at this guy, he goes, oh, it's not fair. I mean, this is, this is Matt paraphrase. It's the Matt translation, just real quick. And it's not a theologically based one. It's my opinion, and I want to share this with you. Listen to this. Jesus was approached, he said, he said, I don't want to give this offering. This is, this is, and there's no Greek translation for, so it's whatever. You know what Jesus says? Obey the laws of the land. Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to God what's God's. Jesus himself. The son of God. Jesus incarnate. Incarnate human God on earth. So why does God need what I give? He doesn't. You get to. He desires. He desires for us to be in that relationship. Listen. Have you ever thought about this? This is a very unbalanced mathematical equation. Compare what God has given you to what you've given him. And if you only had tomorrow what you thank God for today. Think about that one. Oh. Um, I haven't really spent a lot of time with God today. Okay. <laughs> you cannot possibly fathom what God has given. Why does God need a little bit of background? We're going to be in Malachi chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 10. Now, I want to give you a little bit of background. This is some background in the verses before that. In verse 6, he says this. I'm the Lord and I do not change. Do you know that? God is the same God that we're looking at in Malachi. It's the same God that we talk to today. He said, I do not change. This is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Why? Covenant. He had promised. Man, that God's a pretty good guy. Anybody ever had a friend break a promise? Anybody ever had a, anybody know someone seriously that you've known for more than 20 years that has never said a negative thing or ever broken a promise? It would be very, 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 very elite person. It, there would not be very many. God has never broken a promise. When's the last time he flooded the earth after he said he wouldn't ever do it again? I thought it was yesterday. <laughs> Really did. My wife texted me. She goes, are you in a tree? I said, huh? No. Uh, hurricane Illinois. Hurricane gun season. No, I'm not going to get in a tree. 
But he says this. He's talking about uh, you guys. If you weren't who you were, if these people were not who they listen, they're... These are God's chosen people. Verse 7, he says, Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. I like to look at this and go, man, these guys just really didn't do a good job at obeying God. And God goes, (laughs) you should look in the mirror. See, It's really easy to look at some people that are rocking this earth, you know, four or five thousand years ago and go, you idiot. Have you read the Old Testament? Okay, you read it and go... (laughs) Messed up again. Oh, what's the penalty this time? Oh, another 40 years, right? Walking around, then God, then God pronounces some, uh, something else on them. Listen, in verse 7, he, in the middle of it, he says, Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? This is, listen, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? Listen, this, this is God's word. You have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. (laughs) If you do not understand the context of God telling his people that he was a jealous God, maybe that will ring a bell. He desired. He said, listen, you've been, maybe you've been in your, in your own personal life. Maybe not with these words. Maybe you've been called out by God. I have. God goes, what do, you, what do you expect? You expect me to just, you know, you pull the lever and I show up? I'm not that kind of God. You follow me and then I'll take care of you, is what he says. But we want, hey God, hey, psst, hey I only got like, not very much. And I know it's a little bit under, but what I'm, what I'm supposed to give, but. This is how ju- this is this is this this is the word in Malachi. Okay, now watch with me. Go to go to verse ten. Go to verse go to verse ten in in chapter three. It says, "Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple." Oh, sweet. Listen, you can imagine this church. It had offerings so big they needed storehouses. You know how much money that is. He's not necessarily talking about money here. He's talking about food. They store it where it was dry. These concepts have not changed. Farmers just got their crops out of the field, most of them, and put it into bins. Do you know what the majority of farmers, all of them, want their bins to be? Full and dry. In fact, they, if, it's, if they're not dry, they dry their grain. They want it to be dry. They're putting it in here to take care of it. There's a reason. Now, sometimes, see, we're going we're to find out that there's a huge reason that, that God says you're under a curse and because they've been cheating God because there's a reason for this gift. There's a reason for this tithe. He says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, uh-oh, I always like these verses. When God says, if you do, I'm like, oh, what do you promise me now, Right? What if I do do it? What, what if? What if? It says bring all the tithes. Bring them. Notice it doesn't even say gifts. And it doesn't say all. It says bring what you're supposed to. He goes on. He says. And this is what God says. He says. If you do. 
I will open the windows of heaven for you. Wow, we get to see that. No, wrong context of a window. Okay, it's more like a spout. And look what he says I'm going to do. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. You know what I think is going to be one of my most horrific disappointments whenever I get to heaven and I have the mind of Christ? You know, whenever I take a look back and have to answer for the things that I do, do you know what I think is going to be a really hard thing for me to see? How many blessings were available to me that I didn't ask God for or I didn't do appropriate things to see that? I think, literally, okay, it's not going to be like this. It probably, but I, th- I think there are just huge vats, because I, I picture things. There's these huge vats with these levers. And God's, and you know as well as I do, if you follow God, it's not always easy, but it's worth it. But you also know that you've seen some stuff while following God that doesn't make any human sense at all. I've told you, I didn't see a dollar stretch, but I saw it on paper. Or, or people said, hey, I was just thinking about you and they sent me a card and it had five bucks. Listen, I'm telling you, five dollars in my life at one point would have been just as good as a thousand. Just as good. I get it. I understand. But I think that there's these huge things. I think God is up there and he's watching me walk around cl- very clumsily around this earth. Trying to do what he goes, man, will you? Here it is. Good job. When we follow God correctly, when we follow him intentionally like we're supposed to, we're promised that he will take care of us. If you take this out of context, we're going to ask for a hundred Lamborghinis and you're wrong. I need one. I thought so too. Do you know that the gas mileage is really horrible? I know some of you are like, I don't care. I want a Lam- okay, me, well, me too. I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. You remember that cup that I poured into last week? The guy that gave his tithe to to, and he still had the same hobbies and he still had the same mortgage. And remember, he still had girls and empty, gone, right? And And he put it down and he said, God, thank you for allowing me the responsibility to handle what you've given me. And, and I took the great big steel pot and I just poured the candy corn and I filled the entire glass and it runs over. Do you know that the Bible talks about your cup running over? When's the last time that you've experienced that? When's the last time that you were going down the road and God just got a hold of you so tightly? He said, man, I am loved. You ever thought about this? God, I'm... You're the man. You're the man. This is, I can't believe that I'm loved this way. So he says this. You cannot take this out of context. He's not asking for your dream vehicle. What he says is, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Look at the exclamation points. Try it. I've had people talk with me about tithing. My number one suggestion is this. Try it. <laughs> but I don't know. Listen, when you experience what God has for you by the way that you give or you give your life, and look, God, look what God has the guts to say. Put me to the test. 
I don't know, some of us, some of us in our life go, oh, I'm going to test you. <laughs> You've already done enough testing to God, okay? You tested his patience. <laughs> Me too, right? So why is this such a big deal? Listen, in this day, when the people brought the tithes, they brought food into the storehouse. The Levites were the, were the, were the priests. They were the ministers, the teachers, okay? They literally lived off this food. This was, this was their livelihood. And these Levites, during this time period, God was saying, you cheated me. These Levites had to go out and get other jobs. Do you know what that's doing? It's taking away from their calling that God had them in their life. These are special people. These were God-appointed priests, okay? Big deal. He says, because you're cheating me, the whole machine breaks. The whole thing breaks. He said, my guys who I have in charge of your church have to go out and work construction or tent making, whatever they did, to earn enough money to eat. And he said, that's not the way that it's supposed to be. This is God, this is God ordained. This is not man's thing. God appointed these men. They were important. But he says, put me to the test. Some of us have quite honestly tested God enough, haven't we? I'm going to be first in line. Maybe some of you are in line behind me. I don't know. Maybe you're awesomer people than me. Okay? That's a sweet word. I love that word. Some of you English people are going, oh. Okay? Look at the next, look at the next verse. Now watch this. God just says, put me to the test. Look at verse 11. Your crops will be abundant. Well, wait a minute. Time out. He is seriously talking about some good stuff. A good crop in this day is like a substantial percentage raise in your job. It's, it's a big deal. They bartered. They traded with food. They did things like that. So he says, your crops will be abundant. Well, tell me a farmer that says, you know what? I would rather not have. You can have the option of 75 bushel and acre corn or 275. You know, I just take the 75 this year and not break even and have more bills than I have. No. God says this. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. He's. This is the cool thing about God. He says, test me. And he goes, watch this. I'm going to be specific. Because God calls us specifically to things. He called the Levites specifically. This is what they were supposed to eat. And then God has a conversation. <laughs> Most of the time God has a conversation and he instills it. It is not good. He's upset. And he says, you cheated me. He says, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe. Listen, I have a grape arbor. If you shake it, if, you, if it gets shaken or the wind blows really heavy, just before they get ripe, they fall. Do you know how well they taste then? Zero. Ripening stages stop. Useless. Unless you are like, if you like sour things to another, another universe, they're not, they're not good. Okay, and they're not good on your stomach. Says the Lord in verse 12, then all nations will call you blessed. This is what God says. Do what I say. Watch what I'll do. Look how my kingdom will spread. It's that order. You've been given a whole lot of things. Obey me with it. Listen, these all, then all these nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight. As I was preparing, going back over this sermon, I read it again this morning. Do you know how, listen, 
I have only, I have only been on this earth for 37 years. To me, I don't know how I'm this old. I really don't. To you, you're going, man, you're barely a teenager anymore. Okay, listen, I don't care. Do you know how badly I long for God to look at our country and say that? Because we're, man, we are so patriotic. We're red, white, and blue. I have a military family. I've lost people in my family in war. Okay? I'm exceptionally, but we live in the greatest country on earth. Period. But we want to say it. God bless America. We sing it. The playoffs, they sing it in the seventh inning. They sing it during the Blues game. They sing it in the Cardinals game. They sing it all the time. It's the wrong order. Well, God, what have you done with our nation? You've ruined it. It's not God's fault. Wish there was a song that says, America, bless God. Because that's the right order. Because we can see, and I'm not going to get into political or any kind of historical debate, but you can see, you're not, you're not ignorant. You can look backwards a long way. I'm not talking 50, 60 years. I'm talking 100 years. You can see how small God's part got in this country and where and which direction our country went. You do not have to be a rocket scientist. But we have it all mixed up. These people did too. Look at, look at the next blank in your worship handout. Look at this. We must understand that God desires to take care of us. God wants to take, God is begging America to come back to him. He's begging. God, do you know that God, and this goes extremely broad as in the world, and it goes exceptionally personal as in you. God desires to take care of you. He, he, he wants to. If I'm sick right now, if I get sick, or I don't feel good, the other day I, had, I did this. I was extremely exhausted. I didn't feel good. I had a really bad headache. And I was laying in bed about two hours before I normally go to bed. I'm like, man, I'm just, I just need to sleep. I'm tired. And I asked my daughters to do something that's completely backwards. I said, hey. I was laying in bed. I, I, was, I was at the stage like... I was warm, and I was comfortable. I didn't really want to move for hours at a time, right? So I hollered at Lydia and Emma. I said, hey, guys, come in here. I said, will you tuck me in? And I said, none of this this cheap tuck in. Okay, we're talking. You know what I mean. Anybody have a grandma or a mom or an aunt or somebody? You, you like, like, physically mummified yourself, okay? Yeah, other than other than breathing, there's not a whole lot of difference between you and ancient mummies. Okay, you're you're just like this. Man, they, those girls took into that. I mean, they're like shoving covers underneath my leg. I really thought I couldn't move my legs. I mean, you give kids, you give a nine and six year old in charge of your covers. I, I was trusting, <laughs> and they tucked me in and they kissed me on 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 my head and they said they said they said God, please help Daddy feel better, and please help him sleep well. Amen. They desired to take care of me. Why? Because they had seen me and Mary take care of them. This is a process that's replicated. God desires to take care of us. And then whoever we're in charge of or put with in this life, we're to cast, we're we're to, to do that. I desire to help you grow spiritually. I desire to see guys that I mentor grow. I do not ask them nice questions sometimes. 
Wow, what a jerk. See, some of you are going, well, I was thinking about asking Matt to mentor. I'm probably not going to. Listen, you have to be real. You cannot keep doing the same thing and grow. You can't do it. So he goes on. This worship handout says, we must understand that God desires to take care of us. And this last question, are you trusting him to do that? When was the last time you said, God, I have something really big going on? Trusting you to take care of it. Did you hear on that song, It Is Well? And I know it's not the original one, but this song is wicked awesome. Listen to this. Far be it from me to believe, even when my eyes can't see, and that mountain in front of me, I love this. We talked about this on Wednesday night in Connect Group. This mountain in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Do you know that in the end, God's going to chain up all evil things and drown them? Literally, in an abyss of blackness, see ya, gone. God desires to take care of you, but you have to trust him. You ever seen a trust fall? I'm talking about the ones that go correctly, okay? Not the funny ones on YouTube, but a real trust fall. It takes guts to stand here, look this way, fall backwards, and people catch you. We, God asks us to do that, and it's scary. Trusting God is scary, isn't it? But if we had time, I could go to people. I could go to people in this room right now that trusted God on something absolutely way out of their control. And I've prayed, God, if for some reason you suddenly make this baby able to happen. I'll praise you. I say, God, if we end up losing this baby. I trust you as one of the most unbelievably hard prayers I've ever prayed in my life. Now watch this. My trusting God, he knows better than me. It was something that happened. Mary and I lost the baby. And the world would say, good grief, what'd you do, right? Old Testament, what'd you do? Why did God curse you? (laughs) Or since God is present at conception... And that baby had no understanding of right or wrong. Did not reach an age that one day I'll get to see. Hug. Run with. Watch this. Praise an eternal Savior. Side by side. Do you trust God? I'm not saying that there's not pain. I'm not saying that there's not tears. But God says, are you giving what I'm asking you to give? Look, at, he goes on in verse 13. Look at this. You say terrible things about me. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said. See, do not ask God a question that you don't want the right, true answer for. What have we done? You can lie to me. You can lie to your spouse. You can lie to your friends. You cannot lie to the creator of the universe. Not possible. What have we done, God? Right? Anybody have kids? Well, I didn't do it. Does nobody live at your house? That guy is good. Nobody? Somebody else? I didn't do it. I have two children 
Mary and I weren't even in this room, and you didn't do it, and you didn't do it. That guy is a ninja. He gets in, does it, and leaves. Listen, you've said terrible things. What have we done? I haven't done anything wrong. Oh, that's pride, right? He goes on and says, he said, you've said, what's the use of serving God? Basically, what they were saying is, I'm giving this, and I'm not getting anything. Come on. What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? What have we done? Look at, look at uh, verse 15. From now on. Verse 15, please. Verse, it says, from now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. It seems as if he's giving a little bit of life's not fair here, isn't it? Listen, you and I have both thought. You have. Do not lie. Okay? I do not have your cars mic'd. I do not have your phones mic'd. I am actually not big brother. Okay? okay? Just cover this. But you have gone by somebody, saw somebody and go, must be nice to have that house. How much money they spend on that? Oh, yeah. It's been two years. You deserve a new car. We do this. And listen. What we do is we don't understand. You don't understand what's going on. But he says, for those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. This, this is excuse making. It's not fair, God. I don't necessarily want to give. God didn't ask you if you wanted to. He said give. That's, that's his words. They're not mine. Look at the next verse. Look at this. Verse 16. Look at this. Then those who feared the Lord spoke. Oh. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I hope that you find yourself in this group. Not the, you're not fair or you're whatever, whatever, God. I don't want to do what you want. Look at verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord. I'll tell you this. When you talked about reverence in the Old Testament, you're talking about faithful followers of God. They feared. Fear is reverence. It's not, it's not scared. It's reverence. They feared God. They know what God is capable of on great scales. They've seen great things, and they've heard about some probably not great things, a.k.a. God raining down fire from heaven. See, the Bible is loaded with action and adventure and awesomeness. It says, To those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. Okay. They wrote it on a scroll. Wow, I wonder where we can find that again. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Revelation. And instead of a scroll, it's a book, the Lamb's Book of Life. Listen, these people's names were recorded. This is Old Testament. This is pre-Jesus. If you're a follower of Christ, your name is written now in the one that's going to be read in Revelation. That's why there's no holes here. There's no... If you want to underline something, I know we're we're a couple minutes past. Here we go. Look at verse 17. Look at this. If you underline things, look at this. They will be my people. Underline. The people that he wrote in the scroll. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my special, my own special treasure. Some of us walk through life and say, no one likes me. No, listen to me. If you know Christ, God calls you a special treasure. It's not language that we use today. You have to know how intimate this is. He says, I will spare them. Do you deserve to be spared? Do I? No. 
But because of where our name is found, because of what we've given. So you think, my life is insignificant. I have seen some red stories about people that would be quote unquote insignificant, have some of the most dramatic worldwide impacts for the kingdom of God, all because they said, I'll go. Here's one that just turned 99 the other day. His name's Billy Graham, a southern boy from a small town. He was interviewed one time and they said, Billy Graham, you have preached to millions and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have come to a relationship with Christ because of your preaching. Do you know how he reacted to this? He said this. You know, when I get to heaven, I'll know, maybe, if it matters. Maybe I wasn't the first one that God asked to do this job. I was just the first one that said yes. Will you be the first one to say yes? Will you say, you know what, God, I will will give my life. I scare people to death. I scare literally people to death when I say... Unless God has something that I have no idea about, I am here. I will give my life to ministering to people of this part of the state, this community, this church, my life. And I've been here. I don't need to get, man, this is tough. And now God's moving to a place. He said, okay, that's good. You realize that I want you, right? I'm sorry, what? I want your life. It's mine anyway, by the way. He says this, you're my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will see again the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. See, your life is not always easy, but if you have God, you've seen God work things out that you can't, you can't comprehend. You've seen blessings come and think, hey, God's going to take care of me. Look at the very last worship handout blank, and we'll be done. This is a question for you to ask. What will I give? How about this? Will we follow God, or will we do what we want? This is in all aspects. I'm not just talking about giving. I'm talking about financial. I'm talking about will you give your time? Will you say, some of us need to say this. Ready? Take a deep breath and in your mind go, I don't always have to be right. Will you give up the right to be right, please? Will you give up the right to say, I'm using my pride because I'm bigger and I'm bully and I push my way through. Because Jesus did that. No, he didn't. Listen, will we follow God? Will we, will we do what God has asked us or will we do what we want? God's asked us to give of our life, of our time, of ourself. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. God, we just thank you for the blessings that we have. We thank you, God, for the time that we get to spend worshiping you. Thankful for the people that made today's church service possible cleaned, that practiced, that worked, that did whatever they had to do. We love you. Help us give, God. Help us desire to seek what you want us to give. That we can be more like you and we can impact people for your kingdom in this world. In your name we pray. Amen.